was cool that he, he tried me out for one. If you want to get hired by someone whose music is difficult, you have to make sure that they know you as someone who learns difficult music. Hello and welcome, everybody. My name is Will Chernoff, and you're listening to the Rhythm Changes podcast, a home for creative, improvising, local music people. This show is an ongoing, open-ended conversation series with folks who make their community fun and prosperous. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to follow this feed wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at our website, rhythmchanges.ca. Our guest today is a drummer who played with the Brad Turner Quartet at Numbers Cabaret in downtown Vancouver on December 15th, 2021. Before that, recently, he played at the inaugural Jazz at Numbers event back in October and at Tyrant Studios as a band leader. Also, he has a show coming up on Wednesday, January 12th, 2022 at the Water Street Cafe Second Floor Gastown with Dan Howard and Brent Ma. To learn more about the other upcoming gigs he has, you can follow him on Instagram at Todd.Stewart underscore. Please welcome to the Rhythm Changes podcast, Todd Stewart. Hello. How are you doing? Hello, Will. I'm good. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah. I want to know a few things about how you got into this community because I'm basically meeting you here. I met you briefly at right. Numbers the time you didn't play. You came to watch and I came to watch, but mm -hmm. I'm realizing I don't even know. We went know to see Jamie. Yeah, yeah, we saw Jamie Lee Quartet. That's right. And we're in this room, thanks to Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank I'm you, seeing Jamie. her cool new drums, <laughs> this Ludwig kit, and they sound really good. I tapped them a little bit. Sorry, Jamie. <laughs> but yeah. It's okay. I sit on the drum throne when we do these right now. So it's all okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we know each other through this Caplano University community, yeah. right? And I'm curious how you ended up at Cap in the first place. Yeah. So after. I graduated high school. I just worked for a bit. Like I, I didn't play in band in high school. I just, I played it like I had a, a rock band with some of my good friends, people who I'm still friends with to this day, pretty much only like long lasting friendships I've kept from high school or with these guys who I played in a band with. And it was like classic rock kind of stuff that we liked to do, you know? Nice. We did covers of like Led Zeppelin and stuff like that it's fun as a drummer yeah and that's so i i learned my feel pretty early just from learning how to play songs but i didn't really know like like i knew what the rudiments were but my teacher wasn't super strict about that at the time like i was just taking private lessons kind of for fun and yeah at a certain point after getting out of high school i kind of decided i wanted to pursue something in university because I just had this little job, but like this deli in this tiny market by my house. Nice. The, uh, yeah. Is this like an East Van or? No, this is in North Van. Okay. Yeah, nice. this is in North Van. Yeah. That building actually got torn down like shortly after I ended up quitting that job. Oh, wow. Anyway, so I was just doing that for a while and, and I was like, maybe I should play music or something. Maybe I should study something cool in university. Because I'm pretty decent at drums. I don't know what I'm doing. I would agree. But like, I second that. You're very decent. <laughs> well, this is me six years ago or so. Oh, so yeah, you don't want so me to sign I, off on that. Okay. Decent is like generous. <laughs> it's, it's all relative. <laughs> yeah, it is relative. But I mean, at the time I thought I was pretty, pretty good. So I was like, okay, let's give this a shot. And 
I had heard that there was like there was some kind of like an open house type thing that the jazz program was doing. Who did you hear? Well, I remember going to Cap and watching Dave Robbins' rhythmic ensemble play. Oh, okay. And I thought that was great. Yeah. Because at the time, I wasn't really listening to, like, swinging straight-ahead music so much. I, w- I was into some of it. I went to this thing, and, uh, yeah, it was just basically, like, a regular day at Cap. I think I saw a lunchtime concert. Oh, yeah. I think it might have been Andre's band where he plays guitar with, like, Joe... And Brad and Chris, that fusion band, they're awesome. So I might not be remembering it correctly, but I do remember seeing like the Moog bass thing and being like, that's kind of cool. So it must have been that band because that's the only band that really does that. And then I saw Dave Robbins band and I was like, oh, cool. They do like funk music here too. Like I can kind of play funk music. <laughs> this this might work out for me. So I spoke to Dave Robbins after that ensemble and I was like, hey man, that was really cool. I'm interested in this program. He referred me, he, he gave me a few phone numbers of like former students, I guess, people who are accomplished educators. I ended up taking Christian Brathen's number from that oh, list. That's a yeah. cool and that's a very specific thing yeah. that he was able to help you. It's very nice. Yeah, so Christian is a is a great local drummer and he went to Cap a while ago. Like the late 90s, yeah. Yeah, early late. 2000s, yeah. yeah. He used to be involved in the Pats Jam around the time it was starting. Right. He used to either be the house drummer or used to, I think he was the house drummer at the time the Pats Jam began. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. But you um, also recently sat in with Dave Sekula at Pats too, right? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was just a fun You little, like to go there. Yeah, yeah, I I actually honestly haven't gone there as much as I should just because like weekend daytime shows are not always the time yeah, when Saturday I'm like afternoons, going, right? yeah, exactly, going to a show then. But yeah, I just, I felt like stopping by that day, checking out Dave. Dave was filling in for James Danderfer, and Sharon Minamoto and Jeff Gammon and Nick Bracewell were playing in the band. They let me sit in for a tune. Dave just invited me up. Dave and I are friends. I, nice. play, I played a lot at uh, his Water Street Cafe venue, the second floor Gastown. Everyone listening to this hopefully is tuned in to Second Floor Gastown socials because that venue was holding up live jazz music and other music throughout the entire pandemic. Absolutely. And that's kind of when I started to... I played there maybe once or twice before the pandemic, but I played there several times over that year. Dave and I just became friends through that. And so... I, I wanted to come here and play because he's a great player as well. And uh, yeah, he just invited me up to play. So I came up, I went up. They were just mostly playing tunes that day. Um, just standards. Uh, we did a good song called Come Rain or Come Shine. Nice. Uh, it was really fun. Um, yeah, so that was fun. I'm going to start going to Pats more often because, you know, if I have a Saturday afternoon available, it's kind of a nice way to spend it. Yeah. And they they go for four hours. Yeah, so, so that's like three long sets. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I when I showed up yesterday, I showed up like at five, I think. Yeah. And they, they're two to six, so. You still get a whole set of music, even though yeah. you're coming more than halfway through. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. So how did you end up playing at the first Jazz at Numbers with Chris Davis? I, we didn't know each other at all until, until the performance. I just mentioned Nick Bracewell. Um, and he's a friend of mine, a fantastic drummer. 
one of the best drummers in town, actually, um, in my opinion. And he he was sick. He was supposed to be playing with Chris Davis on that gig. But yeah, he woke up and he just fell ill, had to bail on the gig, which is good of him to do that because, you know, we're still in the pandemic, so precautions are quite important to take. So I got a phone call from Tim Reinert at like 2 or 2.30 or something. And he was just like, so how would you like to make your numbers debut two months early? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I am free, um, so let's do this. I got there early to run heads with Chris because the first question I asked him was like, man, are there, are there charts readers? Like, is this going to be a, a tricky gig? Obviously, my answer is yes either way, but you know, <laughs> it, it had to be heavy. But in terms of material, it was a pretty easy gig. We just played tunes. Yeah. So that was nice to show up and just be like, okay, I don't have to like worry about nailing all of this. But yeah, I was just called by Tim who runs that venue. And Tim is is someone who I sort of met, I think a couple years ago. I specifically remember Tim emceeing a show I did as a band leader at uh, Second Floor Gas Town. That was my first show of the pandemic. I think okay. it was like June 2020. And so he emceed it. After that, we've kind of became friends. He comes out to see me pretty often, and he also came to the show I recently did uh, with my own quartet at Tyrant Studios, uh, and that was super fun. He always takes a bunch of clips of all the gigs he goes to, so whenever he comes, I'm like, oh, nice, I can like go home and, and watch these clips and have mixed feelings about myself <laughs> as I fall asleep tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have that existential thing, but it's it's wonderful. I really I really like that. Honestly, some people like to just like make voice memo recordings of the gigs they play. Oh yeah. Just so that they can like listen back. You're talking like the performers themselves, right? Yeah. 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 While they're playing. We'll just use yeah, their phone. yeah, just put their phone aside. Yeah. I, I had I know that there were various people who did workshops while I was at CAP who kind of recommended, you know, like record yourself, not just when you're practicing, but like record your recitals, your performances, your whatever, jam sessions, you know, like listen to how you actually sound when you play with people. So this is something that I think is a good idea, but I also never do this. I always forget <laughs> because there's other stuff on your mind when you're preparing to play a gig, you know? Yeah. There's the social thing and then there's the... Uh, going over the set list in your mind usually when i play gigs if i'm band leading it's a pretty like heavily curated set list and i have arrangements and stuff like that so i'm always very busy mentally like of until the moment of downbeat you have to make sure that you know what what to play <laughs> but so thanks to tim for just like recording clips of people's shows i know some people really don't like it when people film them but i don't when it's just clips man it's great it's wonderful to just be like oh here's a little snippet of what happened and he caught some of my favorite moments too so that was great yeah he knows what to look for yeah he knows he he knows when he's like oh this is kind of popping off right now I gotta, I gotta catch this part of the reason that i was called to do chris's gig was because brad had already booked me brad has been playing with various young drummers on the scene well i think he mostly has been playing with john lee I know he's played with John a bunch. Yeah. John is someone who I've I played with a little bit when I was at Cap, just doing little, he kind of just worked on stuff with me. We did like little yeah. background gigs. These were just like hotel gigs. And 
he was very like you have to play the arrangement and like the symbol can't sustain past beat three or whatever kind of thing like the articulations and everything had to be perfect or it was wrong it was kind of like something i really took away from doing those sessions with john i think that's a really important thing for rhythm section players to uh think about is just like learning music accurately that's something i really picked up from john in rehearsal we had to we had to figure it out and really get it but in that setting we were being presented with music and he was explaining it to us and teaching you know he had charts but it, it was he's very verbal about how he would um, specify the details of you know how the drums should be orchestrating it but the brad turner gig is is a different thing because we did not rehearse so that was one where i think that brad has yeah. seen that like detail oriented kind of thing in my playing so it was cool that he he tried me out for one Probably part of why he was comfortable doing that is because he knows that I like his music <laughs> and like I've I've complimented his tunes and his albums before. So he's like, ah, he's going to actually show up and have the music learned. If you want to get hired by someone whose music is difficult, you have to make sure that they know you as someone who learns difficult music. And I think that that's more what he hired me based on. You know, there are a lot of drummers who have way better hands than I do. And there are a lot of people who really learn tunes, too. There's some some luck and just you happen to be around these people and it's opportunities, you know. But if you want to be hired as a bass player, drummer, piano player, anything in the rhythm section, guitar, people who play original music need to know that the rhythm section is going to support every aspect of the composition or else it's, you know, no amount of chops is gonna make up for that. Make sure you have it down, compare what you're hearing to the chart that you receive, and try to think about your own interpretation of it, you know? I was finding myself thinking a lot about the balance of like, okay, do I really, like, I don't wanna listen to this recording too many times because then I'm just gonna play everything Dylan played on this <laughs> track. Oh yeah, you which don't wanna like, sink too deep Yeah, into you the know, I'm like, do I wanna just be exactly the same as, as Dylan? Who's not even someone who I'm very similar to as a drummer. We, we have sort of different ways that we orchestrate things, but I definitely pulled a lot from him just because of what, how great what he does in that music is. And that you have to kind of do that when you're filling in, like this is a band that has a drummer, like Brad Turner Quartet, right? So I, this is not like my show, you know. This is for me to. I'm a sub essentially on this gig, and that's how I was thinking of it. So I tried to be like, I'm gonna work some of my own ideas into this. I'll mostly save that for the blowing, but I will play these heads the way that I would play them. But I will also demonstrate to this band that I know what I'm doing and. In that, I, I did lift some of Dylan's stuff, you know, you, you and that's, you gotta do that. It's kind of like a gesture of respect to a band, right? If you're subbing in and they have, you're, you're filling in shoes of someone who is, has a substantial role, you have to come in and, you know, show that you know what this person does on the music. Yeah. You write and arrange music and you put that into your sets when you're a band leader, right? Like at the Tyrant Studios, you played original compositions. I wouldn't say I'm like a accompanied composer. I have like pretty much three tunes that I like. But you're doing it and you play yeah. them, right? Yeah. yeah. I arrange a lot. I'm really into 
it's not even so much like being an arranger, being a composer, but it's just like showing up and knowing what you're gonna do, right? Like not all of the compositions are calling for everyone to take a solo. And yeah, from the audience perspective, <laughs> and, there's no reason why that would make any sense to yeah, you, right? Yeah, and it, they're right. Like yeah, <laughs> there's no real not to mention sake, not all in the same order every time. And too. it makes the tunes like ten minutes long. <laughs> yeah, it does, which is, you know, cool sometimes. Like I said, I have like maybe two or three of those in each show. And yeah. I mean, the one in January, uh, January 12th is, is a trio gig, alto and bass. Brent Ma on alto and, and Dan Howard bass. Those two are going to be playing. We're all going to be playing a lot of solos, you know. I like to spread it out a little bit. Like um, at Tyrant, there was a tune where just Noah took a solo. Noah Franch Nolan incredible piano oh, yeah. player who I've been lucky to play with recently. Yeah, he took one of on one of Dan's tunes. That's another thing I do as a band leader. I like to ask the band if they have originals, you know, because there aren't a million gigs in Vancouver. There, at least there aren't a million gigs where people are going to pay for a ticket and come sit and listen to your show. So you should take the opportunity, you know, to, to showcase as much original content as you can. So, yeah, we played one of Dan's tunes. You know, it's a quartet piece like Faven, my trumpet player, played the melody. But then it was just a piano solo. And the tune was like five minutes long and people loved it. Sweet. You know, <laughs> half the time we were playing the tune, it was the melody of the tune. You know how easy that is for people to listen to? <laughs> That's a good ratio to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, not all the time. That was pretty much the only tune that had one solo only. Actually, there was another... We did some piano trio stuff where Noah was the only soloist, too. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be some stuff at second floor where Brent is going to be the only soloist, for sure. Nice. There's definitely going to be a few tunes like that. But, you know, when it's chordless trio, I do like to give the bass player some love, you know? Totally. Like, because you have to cover a lot of, you know this, bass players have to cover a lot of ground when even playing in any kind of trio, but in chordless trio especially. Yeah. So that'll be cool. You'll yeah. be hearing a lot of Dan Howard on that game. And you'll be hearing a lot of me, too. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've spent a lot of time working on my arrangements and, like, compositions and that stuff. Your repertoire for Second Floor Gastown, yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be really sweet. I kind of, how that process starts is, like, I think about the instrumentation and what I want to do. And I think about tunes that come to mind. And then I kind of, like, as I'm listening to music try and think about oh, what would be cool to do. I was listening to this great record by Emily Remler. Nice. Have you heard of her? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, she's a great guitar player. I was listening to her the other day on Firefly, this cool album. It has Hank Jones on it, and I can't remember who is playing bass and drums. But yeah, there were just a couple tunes on that, and I was like, oh, man, some of my favorite tunes are on this. So I was ju I just picked some and I was like, I'm going to write an arrangement of this that works for this instrumentation. Work on that a little yeah. bit. But yeah, I also like to rehearse a lot for gigs if I can, you know. And recently I've also tried to get my Christmas shopping going on. For sure. To be honest with you. Yeah, that's the right time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, not being in school and having the pandemic and just being a very fortunate person, like I've had the opportunity to actually sort of take time off and like work on myself, yeah. uh, which is something that most people do not have that option. So I'm, I've been incredibly blessed to have time to, you know, 
handle things that have had to be handled. It can be a lot to deal with, you know, if you're in school and like working and gigging all at the same time. When life throws you curveballs, it can be a lot. Um, so luckily, I've I've had the ability to kind of like lay, kick back and like process a little bit. Yeah. So that's been really nice. Yeah. I spend a lot of time with uh, my girlfriend and her cats. Sweet. Yeah, her her two cats, Enrique and Brambles. Good names. But yeah. They didn't name them. It's yeah. my girlfriend and uh, her roommate. They became fast friends and got cats together. Oh, that's a big apartment. move. Yeah, it's a big move. But um, it's, a, it's a good move. Yeah. <laughs> These are wonderful cats. Are you a cat person or oh, a dog ab- person? Absolutely a cat person. Yeah. You are? Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. We've I had- love dogs, but it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. I like my know. friend's dogs. <laughs> so I look at it because then I can hang out with them, but it's not the full demands of being a dog owner. But my spouse and I are absolutely cat people. And we've had one cat who's not around right anymore, but we intend to get one or two cats soon so that we have that going again. And one of my best friends recently got two cats and they're just adorable. So yeah, we're feeling having, it. having a pair of cats is like the most amazing, especially well with this one cat, um, Brambles, he has three legs. He's had to have some amputations. So, like, it really helps for him to have another cat, you know? Right. Kind of makes it easier for him to be comfortable around new people and stuff. Yeah, that's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> it is heavy, yeah. But he's, he, I think he's doing fine now. He, just, he sits around and he, he gets to take it easy. He's in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> Do you teach at all, too? Um, yeah, I've had students here and there, but right now I'm, I'm kind of on a dry spell. I'm thinking of like trying to build up as much of an independent schedule as I can right now. Doing it remotely on drums is not fun, man. Right, <laughs> I know a lot of people right. who are really good at it, and I see people doing it. Like I, There are some people who I see. I know Jamie does it a lot. Yeah. It's a very admirable skill set, being able to do that remotely. Yeah. You know, I had various students who I would see in person before the pandemic, but pretty much all of them opted to just stop. A lot of people also just wanted to like stop spending their money on certain things when the pandemic happened, you know, like maybe not the drum lessons. Yeah. But now, I mean, some people are cool with in-person drum lessons and I, I am down to like do the Zoom thing. Yeah. You can <laughs> always I, still mix them up depending exactly, on what's convenient yeah. for people. And I'm going to have to make myself, you know, more busy now coming out of the pandemic, right? But, geez, this Omicron thing, like, are we even coming out of the pandemic? Yeah. Should we even be in this room doing a podcast together right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had that journey with the podcast going from uh, online to in-person recordings, yeah. too. Yeah, that's cool. When you first asked me about this, I was like, wait, do I need to have, like, a good mic <laughs> set up at my house? I was like, oh, yeah. We're actually going to meet up in person and do this. Even now, like almost two years since the pandemic started, I still kind of think in these terms. Like whenever I'm asked to do something, I'm like, is this an in-person thing or is this or is or is this just another Zoom thing? I had to do a year of Zoom school too. Cap did a really good job about it. Like I, I, I was around campus occasionally for various things. And so I was seeing what the combo classes looked like. And it looked like they were doing everything they could, but I was glad that I didn't have to, you know, do the compromised version of it. 
Yeah. But yeah, I still did do Zoom school. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy thing. I think everyone's still just kind of like processing that pandemic that happened. Yeah. And you did your grad recital online too. You presented it from the space yeah. online, right? Yeah, it was in the it, the Blue Shore Theater at Cap, which you know because yeah. you went there. It was only the PMI instructors in the audience. In that big place. Yeah, in that big, it's a theater, right? It was just Craig and Dave. Craig wow. Scott and Dave Robbins and my band. <laughs> was it intimidating more so? No, it no. wasn't really okay. intimidating because it was well rehearsed, you know. Yeah. we. I knew that it was going to sound good. I had a good band on that. You also said that you're going to be playing at Gilton Co. pretty soon. Hopefully. I'm hoping that this gig does not get canceled. It's with Alvin Brendan and uh, Winston Minkler. It's Alvin yeah. Brendan Trio at Gilton Go, which will be sweet. I've never played there. I've only been there maybe once or twice, which I feel dirty for saying because it's such a staple of the music scene in this city, you know, and I'm really hoping it doesn't get canceled. Yeah, I mean, I suppose we can't say for 100% certain, but yeah, that would be coming up the week following this episode coming out, right? Yeah. 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 This gig is the 27th. Yeah. So fingers crossed because that's a great trio. Yeah. I've been playing with Winston Minkler recently doing the Pat's Pub house band thing, which is something I'm doing for the first time this month. And it's really fun. And Winston's a great bass player. Uh, He's really fun to play with. Good hang too. So really hoping I can keep that gig. Yeah. (laughs) What? just going to the second floor gas town was during covid these kinds of times when we can go to the tangent now or we can go to numbers now and we can right. all feel like there's all this stuff going on it's really bringing us back together and i'm i'm really grateful for that yeah, yeah. totally there's some options now if vancouver still isn't the most venue rich city yeah out there especially if you're looking for venues that have pianos in them right it's not there's not, not a a huge wealth of options but yeah. tyrant studios has a piano so yeah and it that. sounds great it sounds good yeah yeah it's it's it feels like we have a thriving music community right now yeah when i started reading about the new variant and everything yeah i got a little sad i'm gonna be honest with you yeah let's hope we can hold on to what we seem to be having right now in vancouver because it's it's pretty nice <laughs> i yeah. really missed having you know a scene how awesome it's been to see different venues opening up you know there's even more to come like numbers is new that's a new venue that tim is opening and he's also opening a new one i think at the lido Lido, yes in february is it like the eighth or something the first show yeah that venue is promising i i like the idea of a pass the hat thing it's like a opportunity for students to get some gig experience and there were a few things like that when i was you know, at Cap, like we could play the Libra Room, right? But that place shut down pre-COVID. Yeah, uh, it was a fun place to play. You know, we even kind of had some of our own things going on. Like I, a friend of mine who went to Cap with me, named Atlee King, great young vibraphonist, had started a concert series at this kind of dive bar by Cap called the Maplewood. Yes. Um, did you ever go there? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, he was doing that, and then. He also started booking people at Seymour's Pub during the pandemic at one point. Oh, cool. So I like, never made it out to that, yeah. but that's cool to know. So there are some people like him who, you know, make the choice. You know what? If we don't have venues to play, <laughs> let's make some. 
Which is good. I mean, that's how everything starts, really. And there was also a place on Maine and Hastings or something called the, the Memorial. Memorial Jazz Space. Yeah, the yeah. Ilhan Safarelli. These types of venues seem to come and go, you know, like yes. the, the more entry level. Yeah. That's pretty. I yeah. think we would I all I just mean, you know, understand. a gig where you show up and you, you have a place to play. And, you know, you might not get 150 bucks <laughs> out of the gig, but people are going to come and people are going to be stoked and there's yeah. going to be great music happening. You could either just call them like DIY gigs or yeah, if that's it's an actual are, restaurant, you know. call it casual gigs or something like that, right? Totally, yeah. yeah. And that's what I mean. Yeah, some of the best gigs I played were at those venues. It's good that Tim is putting this on because we haven't really had a venue. I kept struggling to come up with something in my head that was available like those places over the past several months. It's good to have something like that again because I've seen some fantastic shows. Fellow students who, I mean, when I was at CAP, I would go out to see people at like the Maplewood, people who were, you know, in second year at the time and I had never really heard play because we were in different years or whatever. Um, and I'd be like, whoa, like you, you make really cool music. <laughs> it's difficult for people who are just getting their foot in the door to get booked at places like you know, Tangent Water Street Cafe, you need to have, like, some kind of uh, cred to do these gigs. So, yeah. Thank you to Tim for this new Lido thing. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. You're right that they come and go. I mean, I've been in this community for maybe only about 13 years-ish, and there have been a few of them that have come and gone yeah. through that time. Yeah. Yeah, they're harder, but just because of the nature of the DIY thing, like, they're they're harder to, to keep supporting. Yeah, but we bring our friends down there and we have a good time. We get to know each other better. And then the more connections like that you have, then the more ideas you get about where you can bring it next. Like, Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head what the next one would be, but I would be interested. I think there's room to try more things like that. Yeah, especially if mm -hmm. you think about like the suburbs of Vancouver, there's got to be room in some of those places for the people who are right. students and live there or... Yeah, and you know about that because you grew up in North Van, right? So yeah. how much music is there, right? It's yeah, different. there's not a lot, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was Jazz at Presentation House yeah, doing I, a lot of work for a I long time. I played one of those one time yeah. I've, with, uh, with Patrick Cow, who's yeah. a fantastic guitar player who I went to uh, cap with. And we were playing with a bass player I mentioned earlier, Colin Zacharias. We did one presentation house show and it was really fun but like no one went yeah it's <laughs> even a small we place told, even it's if so people do small, go and it's you know way out in north van like no one is gonna yeah i mean the Maplewood was in there and that was a short-lived thing and so was seymour's but yeah seymour's could i in theory start having shows again my last question to you is if people want to hear you showcase your work like you were just talking about are they going to be able to hear that on record at some point in 2022, do you think? Or do they have to come see you live? <laughs> 2022, I don't have a release lined up. Yeah. I recorded a, a demo for Jazz Fest submissions recently with uh, Kay Murphy on trumpet, Noah on piano, and David Caballero on bass. If you ask me about it, I can show you those tracks if you really want to hear <laughs> my stuff. And I thought about maybe putting it out on the internet or something, but I don't know. It's just a demo. And Artashir Porkamati recorded it, and he's getting into uh, engineering you know, jazz music and other types of music too. But it's really handy to have a guy like that around 
So I am going to officially plug Artashir. You know, this is a young man who is just starting to get into professionally engineering people's jazz sessions. So, you know, get on that, guys. That's great to know. And he's playing at numbers in January 2022. He is. And... On top of it, he's one of the best saxophonists in the city, so... No kidding? So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe people will hear those, but there's no album in 2022. Gotcha. Well, you heard him. You got to go hear him live, and I've done that a few (laughs) times in 2021, and I'm sure I'm going to several more times in 2022. So, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for taking the time to chat. Thank you, Will. Yeah, it's (laughs) been very fun. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Rhythm Changes podcast. If you haven't followed the feed yet, make sure you do. And think about your friends who might enjoy listening too. Tell them to search for the Rhythm Changes podcast wherever they get their podcasts. Link them to our website, rhythmchanges.ca, Facebook at Chernoff Music, or Instagram and Twitter at RhythmChangesBC. The Rhythm Changes podcast is a Chernoff Music production.